Now we hear from three Chicagoans who were part of a month-long hunger strike. They wanted to stop a metal shredder from locating in their southeast side neighborhood. They've called off their strike with no guarantees. In fact, they fear the city could issue the final permit needed to operate the shredder any day. WBEZ's Linda Lutton brings us their story. I'm Yesenia Chavez. I'm 26 years old. Um, my family's been rooted on the southeast side since 66 when my grandparents got here. My grandfather worked in the mills that were not far from where we're standing here at Republic Steel. My parents migrated here from Mexico and they met each other in a factory. My name is Oscar Sanchez. The southeast side is strong. Uh, we're known for a lot of the industry. So I um, just randomly kind of came across an article mentioning that there was a shredder coming from a neighborhood in Chicago, Lincoln Park, that's up north. It's a, a wealthier neighborhood in the city, and that they were relocating to our neighborhood, and that kind of raised some concern to me because when I looked up the address of where they were going to be moving, it's right across the street from where we're standing here at the high school, and my little sister is a sophomore here. So um, I immediately was concerned for her because she has asthma. Yeah, so we're actually in the teacher parking lot for the high school. And, and right up there on top of the building is where the, the Environmental Protection Agency actually has a monitor for air quality. So uh, my name is Chuck Stark, and I teach biology here at George Washington High School. For me, we grew around you know pollution, but we never knew the significance of it. We didn't understand the complexities of how it really impacts our health. There's a super fun site really close to us, right behind the, a public library, and they call it Coal Hills. Growing up, we'd go there and hang out. We thought it was a hangout spot, and we now I come to know it's a really contaminated area. You should not be there for long periods of times. It's normalized. So I grew up thinking that having asthma was normal because my cousins had it, my mom had it, like. Um, my tias had it, so it's it's a bizarre reality that a lot of the people on this side of town, unfortunately, lived through. I think near the end of April, there was the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency, the IEPA, hearing. They were taking public comments, and I started looking into it. This facility here is is getting allowed by the IEPA to emit up to 16 tons of total particulate matter per year. We educated ourselves on zoning practices, policies, hazardous waste, particulate matter, just you name it, including the process, we tried to educate ourselves. We're doing teach-ins, uh, we did marches, we did protests. The final town hall meeting was over 500 participants, and all of them saying deny the permit. This one remaining permit is the operating permit, and it's, it's, it's the responsibility of the Chicago Department of Public Health. Like, overwhelmingly, in all of these hearings in town halls, there was a huge amount of people coming out and saying that they do not want this here. And yet, the permits kept getting issued. We were looking at what can we do to escalate this. We've done so many things before. We already went, up, we went to Lori's house before. We've done all these things, and we're like, what is going to get our attention? You know, I've been taught my whole life, you take part in the democratic process, and, you know, you show up for hearings, you write letters... You make calls, you do all these things, and, like, you're doing your part. You're doing your civic duty. But, the like, it's not actually set up to listen to our voice. As, as we started seeing ourselves getting close to the time when they would issue the final permit, the idea of a hunger strike came up, you know, as a way of elevating the voice, letting people know that this is 
serious enough of an issue that we are willing to put our own health on the line for a relatively short period of time to try and protect the neighborhood from long-term health issues. Because we said at the end of the day, you know, if we don't do this, who's going to speak up for us? And right now, the southeast side has been a community that has felt unseen, has felt invisible, has felt silenced. Just how there's a $6 billion mega development now happening in Lincoln Yards because General Iron's not there and we get, you know, the trash. It's just, it's not fair. So the hunger strike started February 4th. Uh, everybody knows me as, as somebody who loves food. So when people found out I was being on a hunger strike, they're like, you, like, how are you going to stop eating? <laughs> it was a shock to my body. Like, there were hunger pains. Um, I felt my hands trembling. Uh, I got random cramps in my legs. I was lightheaded. I felt, you know, very tired. Uh, we took bone broth, bean broth. Bean broth is, is not as delicious as you think. On day 20, we got a letter from the mayor that basically basically said, I hear you, but I'm not committing to anything. It was disappointing to see that the mayor was supporting the systems in place, which which are the problem, right? The systems in place are the problem. The systems in place we have that we are expected to follow are racist, they're classist, they're discriminatory. So my immediate reaction to her response, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, was really upset enraged. Um, I think my blood pressure went up at one point because I was just I was just so baffled that someone who would run on a progressive campaign, you know, and would mention so many times that she was all for environmental reform and environmental justice would just dismiss a group of individuals literally starving themselves to create better for their for their neighbors. And that's when we had to start like addressing this like, okay, we are putting our health on the line here. And it seems to us that the city we kind of perceived that they would they they would like they would let people die. You know, just because a hunger strike has technically ended doesn't mean our campaign has. When I think about the future of of my students here, allowing a brand new facility to open right across the street from their school indicates that we have at least another 50 to 100 years of this. This this area has historically been zoned for industrial use, so it's easy to put this stuff here. Um, but we've got to stop consolidating everything in this area. Why do? Why does the East have to be a sacrifice zone? Why does any community have to be a sacrifice zone? Especially for communities just that are always environmentally burdened, and you know the dumping ports of the city. Just know that the gut feeling that you have about this being unjust is correct and let that lead you into something that's going to make it better don't be discouraged because these systems are put in place for us to feel like there's no possibility of change but change can happen and change is non-linear you know so it won't be following processes one two three and you get four sometimes you follow one two three and you're back at one but just keep pushing forward Those were three hunger strikers who are trying to keep General Iron from relocating a metal recycling operation to Chicago's southeast side. WBEZ asked the mayor's office for comment on the hunger strikers' fight. In a statement, a spokesman touted the city's chief sustainability officer, a new position, and more stringent rules for large recycling facilities. The statement said that the city's efforts to create a more environmentally just city, quote, go beyond one facility, and city officials will continue to address the concerns of residents. You're listening to WBEZ.